We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, Sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and uh, welcome to the State of the Union podcast presented by State Farm. I come to you yet again live here from Doha, Qatar, on the uh, banks of the Bay of Doha here, uh, and our Fox Sports amazing set and we got another game uh, another day of games and so we will go through it um before i uh do that i always give you my update on uh, my friend david mossy he assures me that he will be available and joining us tomorrow uh he's not here tonight uh, i will tell you a quick story at the end of this uh about uh, david mossy and his growing legions of fans and international fans it's pretty it's pretty amazing right now well it's not pretty amazing i i totally understand it we all love david but he will be with us uh tomorrow uh okay let's get uh right into it because really some interesting games uh and some interesting results costa rica japan costa rica and totally redeem yourself all right Narrative after the first game, they get completely annihilated 7-0 by Spain, Costa Rica. I called it a shameful performance. I called it an embarrassment, not just to Costa Rica uh, and Costa Rican soccer, but ultimately to CONCACAF. But we talked all day about this pendulum, this World Cup pendulum that swings and changes perspective uh, and changes the narrative. And just like that, little old Costa Rica, who we had all written off, they come back against none other than Japan, who had just beaten Germany, and they get themselves a one nothing uh, victory. And they do it in a very Costa Rican way. Uh, they concacaft, all right? They got the goal they needed late in the game. They held on for dear life. And for most of the game, they were, hold, uh, they were holding on. They did play much better. Uh, they solidified the back, including some changes, including Kendall Watson, uh, Watson who uh, many of you know from his time in Major League Soccer with, uh, with Vancouver and Cincinnati. I think he helped out a whole lot. Kaylor Navas, by the way, uh, gets, a, uh, gets a shutout, and Japan just ran out of ideas, and they couldn't figure it out. Uh, ultimately, uh, Fuller gets the goal. It was a strange goal if you've, uh, if you've watched it. The goalkeeper for Japan, it's almost like there was a glitch in the matrix. In the shot came... 
and he had already almost jumped as a preemptive type of leap and was almost coming down by the time it hit the tips of his fingers and cascaded into the goal. They all count the same, and Costa Rica will take it. And it means that Costa Rica is still alive. And yet again, we have a group here where everybody um, is going to uh, be alive come the third game. And that's what you want from groups. Um, okay, so let's move on to Morocco and Belgium. Another, I don't know if it's a surprise because Morocco is a good team. However, it is a surprise relative to Belgium. Remember Belgium got that first win uh, against Canada where they looked, let's be honest, they looked awful. And Canada completely outplayed them. Canada ultimately lost. Belgium said, thank you very much. But Shawai, right down the gut there, gets the goal. Uh, real smash and grab type of performance. So you were thinking something along the lights of, all right, now we're going to see the real Belgium. A lot of people still believe in this Belgium team, believe in this golden generation. Not so much. Belgium comes out and lays an incredible egg. Uh, Sabiri scores uh, for Morocco. And then uh, Abula, Abula scores at the, uh, at the 90 plus 2 and Belgium did have shots, did have opportunities, but Morocco was the better team. I don't even think there's a, a, a question. So Belgium's in trouble, and not just in terms of the, the points and, uh, and where they are. They could still go through, but I think in terms of the perception, again, the pendulum, it might swing here and here, but it, sometimes it'll stay over here. And so while I think a lot of us were concerned with Belgium after that first game, even though they won, it didn't swing the other way as it did with a, a Costa Rica. It just kind of stayed there and confirmed what a lot of people suspect, and that is this is an aging Belgian team. And this is, maybe more importantly, they looked like a team without any sense of direction, completely rudderless under Roberto Martinez as to where to go, and devoid of creativity, even with uh, Kevin De Bruyne on the field. So that's a, that's a problem, obviously, going forward. We'll see if it continues to manifest or if they find a way to get out of it. We did see Lukaku right at the end of the game, so that's a good sign because we were told he wasn't going to play until the end of group stage, but they were like, you know, break glass and insert Lukaku at that moment because they needed something to happen. But congratulations to Morocco. That is a huge, huge uh, win for Morocco. We move on to Croatia and Canada. Oh, boy. Our friends from the Great White North. Remember when they were just beating everybody and finished on top of the CONCACAF octagonal, and everyone was talking about this new generation of Canada. Well, two games into the World Cup, and they're already out of the World Cup. Uh, they will play the third game, obviously, but they have lost both of their first two games. They played certainly well in that first game, as we mentioned. They did not play as well in this game, although it started off wonderfully. Uh, Alfonso Davies, minute, a minute and ten seconds in, he gets the goal, and you think this is it. This is the Canada, and this is the game. Not so fast. Croatia says, we are Croatia for a reason. We went to the finals of the World Cup four years ago for a reason, and they, my friends, they, they put on a show. And listen, you poke the bear, you, you, you could get hurt. And Canada opened up. They could not even come close to keeping up with the spaces, with the speed, with the countering of Croatia. Uh, it, was, it, it was a masterclass. And did Croatia need that thing, need that moment uh, a minute and a half in? Probably not, but it certainly lit a fire, and they went on from there, and they never looked back. And Canada was never back in the game. And I'll say this about John Herman, the, uh, the head coach of uh, Canada. 
He's done a wonderful job, and he deserves a tremendous amount of credit for bringing Canada back into the, uh, into the World Cup. And they acquitted themselves well at times. However, his comments before about Croatia, I know it was in the heat of the moment. I know it was an emotional thing where he ultimately says, well, it's on to Croatia, and we're going to F them, all right? If he had just said, you know, it's on to Croatia, and we're going to give them everything, and we're going to give them hell and all that kind of stuff, it would have been benign. Nobody would have said anything. But you throw the F in there, and immediately it's going to get picked up as it did. And you don't want to give anybody fodder. Why, why, why poke the bear in that instance? Did it have anything to do with what Croatia ultimately did? Maybe, maybe not. But after the game, when players are talking about it on Croatia, obviously it registered. And it was a, it was a needless thing to do. You're already up against it playing against Croatia. You've already lost your first game. And John Herman's not going to play a single minute. He's not going to kick a ball. Those 11 players have to go onto the field and figure it out. So Canada, uh, goodbye. Another CONCACAF team struggling and having a problem. But still, it's great to see Canada back at the uh, World Cup. And they will finish up strong in that, uh, in that third game. And Alfonso Davies, by the way, he and others are the future there. Tejan Buchanan and these types of players. Alfonso Davies missed a penalty kick in the first game. Obviously scores here, so he gets his first World Cup goal, and he will absolutely be back in four years to lead his team uh, in a 2026 World Cup, which, by the way, we all know they are hosting. So that's going to be uh, fun to see. And then the final game of the night, Spain versus Germany. This was the entree, uh, if you will, of the night. And I think it lived up to billing because I think it showed a lot about what Spain is and showed a lot about what Germany is. I came in, and we were talking on set with... Uh, with my friends over there, uh, Marisa Du and Annie Luco, uh, and Rob Stone kept asking us, are you buying Spain? Are you buying Spain? And I'll tell you, before the game, I said, no, I'm not buying Spain. I think that we were uh, distracted, and it was kind of distorted, the perception that we had of Spain, given the uh, the 7 nothing drubbing of Costa Rica. And Costa Rica was absolutely abysmal, as we, as, as we mentioned. Uh, having said that, after this game, I, I am buying Spain more because I think it's not just possession for possession. It's much more possession with purpose. The Murata goal I thought was wonderful. And they caused problems for Germany in the first half. Now, Germany needed a performance. Um, and they needed to kind of reassure those of us that do believe that Germany is a good team and that this is a better team than four years ago, that our faith is justified. I'm not sure they did it in this tournament, or in this game. But I'm a little bit more optimistic that ultimately Germany is going to get the win they need. I mean, if, if you told Germany, beat Costa Rica in your last game of group play and you go forward, they'll take that all day, right? And you think that Spain is going to beat Japan, although this is a tournament where all sorts of stuff can happen. But we will find out on that, uh, on that third, uh, uh, third game for both of these, uh, both of these players, uh, or both of these teams. Um, you know, ultimately, it was, uh, was an interesting it was an interesting game in that I think that Spain is vulnerable, incredibly vulnerable on set pieces. And I actually think Germany, going back, if they look at this, they will kick themselves for the times that they were offside and for the times that they were wide open. I have no idea what Spain is doing on a lot of their set pieces. The amount, the high line that they have and the space that they give up and the lack of any type of man-to-man -man marking, it, it's incredibly risky, risky and dangerous. And any competent type of team would have taken advantage of it. So that's something to look for uh, going forward. But there's still a fluidity, and they win the ball back so quickly, and they're not rattled at all, and they have some very, very young, good players that are just going to get better. So I am, I am buying this Spain team, maybe not to win the World Cup, but 
this is a Spain team that is uh, formidable going formidable going forward. All right, let's wrap it up here, and I'll tell you a little story about David Mossy. I think uh, I've told you before that he is becoming a huge star. Uh, no, he is a star, all right? So there's people that show up here and want to say hi, and today a young man came up and said, you know, I listened to the State of the Union uh, on a consistent basis. I thanked him, and he said, where's Mossy? And usually Mossy, you know, we lock him in a room, and he does his uh, his work. Uh, but this guy really, really wanted to, to meet Mossy and take a picture with David Mossy. So I found a way to coax Mossy out of his room to take a picture with this gentleman. Uh, Mossy could not have been nicer. Uh, I think Mossy was tickled pink that anybody uh, even knows about him. Uh, but as I've told him time and time again, and he always seems incredulous every single time I tell him, there are people out there that love him. And I understand it because I love the guy. And what's not to love? It's not just, you know, his incredible intellect and his incredible knowledge when it comes to the sport. It's also the uh, the cool guy that he is. He's eccentric. Don't get me wrong. Mossy is a uh, is a different type of cat. Uh, but I love that cat, and I love that guy. And we will see him back tomorrow. All right, we got some, uh, some more games tomorrow. I have a half day tomorrow, so I won't be – uh, here, I'll be watching the games, but I won't be here actually doing the uh, the first two games. I'll be coming in for the uh, the second two games, and then this is the last day of four windows of the four games. On Tuesday, it's simultaneous play, which means there's two different windows. There's still four games, but there's two different windows. That's you're gonna still gonna get plenty of soccer, but from a work perspective, whether it's Mossy uh, behind the camera or myself in front of the camera, and all of us that are here, it's gonna cut down on that workload because there's only two windows. We get to kind of sleep in, and it has been. A grind. Again, a wonderful grind. Nobody's complaining, but it'll be very nice. And you're going to see some people that are in need of rest be much more rested come those uh, games where there's only two windows starting on Tuesday. And by the way, that Tuesday, from an American perspective, is huge with the United States playing against Iran for the opportunity to get out of the group and go into the round of 16. Thank you so much uh, for everybody, including State Farm, for presenting the State of the Union podcast. We will do this again. Uh, tomorrow night, as we do each and every night, keep on sending those uh, those uh, uh, those tweets on social media and all the different social media platforms we have out there. S O T U uh, with Alexi. If you want, you can certainly uh, continue to, to send us your uh, comments and your questions on our State of the Union podcast hotline, which is six five seven five four nine two two nine seven six five seven five four nine two two nine seven. We love all the interactions that we have. I hope that you are enjoying this. You know, it continues. The World Cup continues. It's a hell of a ride, and it's going this way and that way, and it's awesome. All right. Good night from Doha, and until tomorrow, and until then, as always, size the day.